Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. All right, welcome there in. It is. So I got damn. I can't believe it's already the the second of June. That's uh, pretty wild, isn't it? What uh, June second six two? What planet do we live on now? Because Earth, uh, we're still on Earth. Are babe. we still? Are we still on Earth? Because it doesn't Barely. seem doesn't seem like we are anymore. We we have a bit. We actually kind of have a theme for the show tonight, Corey, which is basically what does law enforcement do? <laughs> I just realized we had the B screen up of the libservative post on the top. I know, Whoops. I, I, that, that's that's your that's your domain. Uh, My bad. So that's going to be the big theme for the show. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Sussman case or uh, acquittal, I should say, uh, and. Uh, Andrew Yang was uh, um, all over Twitter a couple of days ago, trending. And to me, this was like more proof and maybe the biggest proof, at least that I've seen so far, that suggests that Twitter is a cesspool that is absolutely not a reflection of planet Earth. (laughs) You just figure that out? Oh, I mean, I've always known it, but this one was like, this was just so obvious. Uh, but before we get to any of that, he, of course, is Corey Walsh. And he is Dan Griffin. And Corey found uh, a nice bottle of bourbon that he's been looking for. Oh, for my gosh. So a journey of a year has finally come to an end. I found Eagle Rare. It's definitely lived up to the name of Rare. I've been looking all over for this bourbon for roughly a year. And in all of the... Uh, bourbon pages and all the different social media platforms that I follow. When I finally got a hold of it and posted it, everyone was just like, you know, like it was like gifs of, or gifs of like people applauding and clapping because they all know just how hard it is to find. And I finally got some and it's definitely like I had a little bit of your house, but I think this one's a different one. This is the, uh, a single barrel select. It's like 10 years old. Yeah. Cause like Obama you- was still president when this was barreled. <laughs> Isn't that crazy to think about that? Bourbon just sits in a barrel for 10 years. Does that mean it smells like a golden butthole? Mm-mm-mm. Nope. No. It smells better than that. If, if, if this is what a golden butthole smells like, then I am going to be a truffle hunter from now on. Tasty. Tasty. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing wrong with eating ass. You heard it here no. first on uh, Libservative. Anyway. ATM. I thought that meant automatic teller machine. <laughs> That's why I drink martinis. That that the the My uh, goddamn his- search history is a mess. <laughs> it's a, it's a lot of the reason why I drink martinis. This the, the uh, dirty saltiness gets the gets the old flavor out of my mouth. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that this uh, this the opening of the issue. It's like a bag of asses. It took a little bit of a dark turn. Chocolatey turn. This beautiful eagle rare. I'm gonna write this listing ship uh cory where do you want to begin this evening do we do we want to just jump right into well, first, what does law enforcement it. do what do you want to do first yep right before that i'm gonna say if you're following oh yeah if tell you're people where to show, make sure to like follow and share libservative podcast we're found on all social media and podcast platforms you can find us on facebook at libservative you can find us on twitter and instagram at libservative pod 
We are on Twitch at Libservative Pod. Uh, I don't know. I forget how it is always. You'll find it. Um, you'll find it. <laughs> if anyone's on Twitch uh, watching it right now, correct me. Uh, Libservative Podcast at WordPress.com is where you can find the transcripts to all of our monologues. We are on TikTok, which still haven't made any fucking videos, neither of us. But we do have a TikTok, I promise. Um, we are, you can reach out to us directly at libservative at gmail.com, libservativepod at gmail.com. And yeah, like, follow and share, tell a friend where you're hearing this juicy tidbit of a show that you're enjoying. Oh, so much. And, uh, yeah, get, ooh, give us a good rating. Give us a five star, give us a little five star on that podcast platform you're listening to right now. It helps other people find the show. Thinking like, about follow a, and share. Thinking about a, a giveaway, uh, soon for, uh, for five star ratings reviews, we're gonna we're trying to buy. Yeah, it. I'll give you to, the t shirt I'm wearing right now. Trying to buy. You your see a love. lot of. You see a lot of chicks on OnlyFans offering up their panties. I don't know if anyone's interested in my panties, but I will give off my t shirt. What kind of panties do you wear? Boy shorts? Are you a boy shorts girl? I I'm straight. Straight no panties. Uh, commando. No, I'm just kidding. I'm boxer briefs. He's got a great like memory. The, this guy. I like the freedom, but I also like that little bit of nestle of just saying I'm here to hold you in place. Yeah, I think you know what's funny. I, I think when you're in like middle school, right? You you finally get to experience with the free you you you'd ex- experiment with the freedom of boxer shorts, right? Like you get out of the the tidy whities that you have when you're a little boy. You finally get to experience the 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 breathability of boxer shorts. But then like there's always a transition. It generally happens sometime like in your like early twenties where like you you get the boxer briefs and you're like I need a little bit of the support. I need the ball bra still. Yeah, as you get older, they just hang a little bit lower. <laughs> and then you start to, like, you wear the boxers for a little bit, and then a hot day, you sit on them, and yeah. you're like, nope, this is not for me. It gets a little stickier. It's, uh, it feels a little bit too free. You know, you gotta, you gotta keep the boys, uh, in the, in the, uh, the hammock. Yeah, I know where the boys are at all times. A bit better. Yeah. But there's, there's always, there's always when that. When sitting is involved, you gotta know where the boys are, Dan. There's always that slow transition from the Superman or the superhero underwear to the boxer briefs. Every man goes through it. It's a, it's a wonderful journey. Yeah, I think probably eighth or ninth grade, I started wearing the briefs. Boxer briefs. Boxer briefs. Yeah. yeah don't, don't, don't confuse the two. Uh, I think most of law enforcement sorry, is still. Sorry, Dan. I think most of law enforcement is still in tidy whities though. I think so too. Getting their balls squeezed. By diapers. Pissing themselves while they sit outside of school. You know, it's... <laughs> so, we just had another shooting. Was it yesterday at a hospital in Tulsa, right? I think there was another one today at a funeral. But I'm, I'm looking at like the reports from the, this one in Tulsa, and, and I'm thinking to myself, this is not the same thing, right? It, it, it doesn't downgrade the tragedy, and obviously the people that lost loved ones uh, in that particular shooting... Is uh, it, it doesn't do them any service for me to say this, but I think you do have to put these things in context. Where this shooting at the hospital in Tulsa was a targeted targeted act with a motive, right? This was a guy who was pissed off about a botched back surgery. He went in and he killed a doctor and a couple other people in the process. Didn't they make a movie about that with Denzel Washington? It sounds like it would be Denzel Washington. It was either Denzel or Liam Neeson. Was the <laughs> The bad people that have that are vindicated in the end in the movie. No, wasn't there a movie where like his kid had cancer and he couldn't afford it, so he took the hospital hostage? Yeah, John Q, I believe, was the name of that film. I never, Denzel Washington. I right? never, I never actually saw it, but I do. I didn't I do, either. I do I, like, I'm it. like, oh, this is too much like real life. 
But like, I look at this. <laughs> like, oh, we can't afford a surgery because it's America. That's not it's about right. Is this a documentary? <laughs> I I do, but I I did. I looked at that, and I you know I had to take to Twitter. I had to take to social media. All right, let's see what everybody's saying. Let's see how everybody's scoring their political points and complaining about guns and talking about how Republicans don't care and whatever virtue signaling thing they can possibly say. And of course, it's true. This 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 shooting was treated the same way that the Uvalde tr- shooting was treated, that the that the Buffalo shooting was treated, and that's how you know that the 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 folks that want to come on and just immediately jump on guns as the problem that's how you know that they don't actually care either when you treat a shooting like that the same as those other two it does but that make sense suicides. yeah yeah absolutely Be- because like that is the thing that the, the the entire gun conversation has just become a complete non-starter for me because it it doesn't actually First of all, all you're doing is you're all you're doing is you're scoring points with people that already agree with you when it comes to the gun debate. That's it. Yeah, that's all you're it's, doing. Yeah, it's, what frustrates me about the gun debate, it's just both sides. Like it's so so convoluted with so many different nuanced topics. Like you know when we talk about mental health, the accessibility of guns, who is held responsible when someone takes someone else's gun and does like, does something terrible. It's uh, it's just so. Both sides just act so matter of fact, where they're just like, Second Amendment's my right. And they cross their arms. Yep, and then yep, the other yep. side goes, We just need to get rid of guns. And it's just, it kills me because, like, you're just oversimplifying this serious thing. Because, like I said before, like, I'm take away the gun debate in general. Mental health in our problem in our country is clearly, clearly a big thing that we're not ready to even talk about or really tackle. I mean, like, it's, what's interesting too is the right is the one that actually goes well it's a mental health issue it's right. not a gun issue but it's just a way to kick the can down the road because they don't do anything about it as evidenced by Abbott like nixing 200 million from their uh, mental health program which now it goes to money to work on the border which arguably in being a border state like Texas the uh, the border is also important but it's just insane to me that like everyone keeps going, it's a mental health issue. And then people, then, you know, the left actually goes, yeah, well, we kind of agree. Let's expand on uh, <laughs> Medicare for all or right, like right, right. Uh, healthcare for people. And they go, oh, well, no, no, no. But that's not, not but that's, that's not what they say because you can't get that into a 230 character tweet. They don't. Instead, they don't instead you just go, say, we need to ban the gun. We got to keep the, 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 the gun out of the hands of the bad guy to which my response is always, okay, does does keeping the gun out of the hands of the bad guy make the bad guy any less of a bad guy? Like it doesn't that does that does that solve even if you don't want to even if you want to say that like saying mental health is the issue is like a trope or whatever it's you you still have to focus on the on the fact that like taking the gun out of the hands of the bad guy doesn't make him less of a bad guy. Right. It doesn't it uh, Yeah, and it's just it's just bad faith arguments from both sides. Yeah, ex- and that's exactly what I really try to drive home. It's like if somebody's so mentally distraught that they feel like they have to kill themselves or kill other people, you take the gun away. We're not solving an issue where there's p- potentially millions of people in our country that are so hurting that they feel they need to end either their own life or someone else's. It's just a convenient way to just shut people up. And cuz we don't care if you don't feel good. So we just don't want you to make your not feel good pain happen to other people. So what was so what was the actual issue in Uvalde? Now people are f- kind of finally starting to talk about this, which is that, oh, that guy was 
it was a great po- nut job. But no, but it was a it was a policing issue, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when wasn't it came that down the bigger problem? It, yeah. We're talking about law enforcement today. No, and what no, they Dan, actually do. Dan, they're going to they blame the teacher who left the door open, who didn't actually leave the door open, who didn't actually leave the door open, is and is the one who called the police because she was outside and saw the guy coming towards the house or the school. I mean. Yeah, she no, and and then they said that, and then they went dark, and now the Uvalde Police Department is not cooperating with the Texas, like uh, the Department of, of Justice. Yeah, the state of this, the, the state, the state investigators. You know, it's they're just getting the. Uh, we're sorry, you can, we cannot be reached right now. The thing that's so frustrating about this, Corey, is that like we we've done it on this show multiple times where we we've always tried to play devil's advocate when it comes to the police and like how difficult their job is and. You know, when people say, you know, you know, take defund the police, literally, like we get kind of a like, I wouldn't say upset, but it's like, OK, calm down. Let's let's think, let's think about this yet. for a second. Like police are important. But then like and then something like this happens and I just I throw my hands in the air like I fuck. I tried to defend what you guys do. And this and then and then this and then something like well, this happens. To be fair, Dan, it's because you thought what they did was <laughs> what they were supposed to do here, and they didn't do it. Well, how do you mean? So what I'm saying is, like, when we talk about police having difficult jobs and being the ones that, like, they are, they're the thin blue line, you know, they're the ones that are the ones that run in to help, you know, like, you think about 9-11, you think about things like that, where police did take action to run in to help people and things like that. So those are the examples we use where it's like, yeah, no, police actually, they, as shitty as they're their uh, system is set up and there's way too much room for error that's protected by the government. So they don't have any accountability. They have a hard job. And we would say that. And then as evidenced by things, like I said, like nine 11, but then the very things that we say, why they have a hard job is Uvalde. Right. Like, Oh, well we need police because of situations like this. And then when they get there and they don't do shit about it and they're sitting there dressed up like GI Joe and tasing and arresting parents who want to actually be the real G.I. Joe. What is that? 40% of Uvalde's budget is for their police department. <laughs> for what? So so when we see on the side of police guards, protect and serve, can we remove the protect part now? Like, can we, can, we, part? can we just stop protecting their own ass? Well, no, no, no. Well, no, no. Well, okay. Well, then we can keep them both, but then put the caveat underneath because they're, they're protecting themselves. Ourselves. They're protecting themselves and they're serving the, the, the revenue collectors and the property rights of rich people, essentially, is what the police is what the police do. Yeah. And at, at that, it, it, I'm frustrated because of the defense that we've tried to do of people that lose their minds and go, you know, we got to defund the police. We should just abolish police. I still think that we need to take away all their toys and just train them on real shit. Like I've said before, it's insane to me that a hairstylist has more hours of schooling than a police officer. And then, and that, and I say that because it's like, I know they have a tough job. Generally. You know, and like you know, like people don't necessarily see it. Like you'll be driving down the road, and you'll see a car on the side of the road that's broke down, and the guy's trying to change his tire, and the cop pulls up behind and puts his flashes on. He's potentially saving that guy's life. So that's great. I think then I think what we could say then to 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 walk me off the the edge of the cliff. It's 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 very much the way I feel about 
the military, right? Because I have I have a buddy who's a, who's a former Marine, and you know when I would talk about things like you know Afghanistan and Iraq, and I would say things like the 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 the, the Marines and the soldiers' lives that we lost in those two wars were a waste. My buddy would get upset that I said that because he thought I was talking shit about his brothers and sisters in arms. And I would and I would look him right in the face and I would say, Brian, I'm not talking shit about them. I have no issue with them as soldiers. What I have an issue with is the institution that sends these people overseas to die for no fucking reason. Now, how yeah. does, how does that tie in to police? I, I think I feel the same way about police. I don't think I I don't think I would look at an individual officer and go, oh, that guy's a piece of shit because he's a cop. No, it's yeah. it's the institution that these police officers work under. That is the issue. It's it's not police that are the problem. It's policing that is the problem. If that makes sense, exactly. No, that makes a hundred percent sense. You know, like it's a lot of these people. I'm sure there are people who become police officers. You know, like if you looked up the, I guess like the percentages of police. If there was any way to do this, there's probably a good amount that are assholes. They come in from school and they're like, you know, from high school and they're just assholes. But there's probably legitimately a very, very good amount of these officers who really believe they can, you know, uh, do better for the common good, you know, and things like that. But then they come in and then instead of being officer friendly and saving cats from trees and helping people with tires and doing these day to day things that help society, they end up just being muscle for an ever encroaching victimless crime monopoly from the top of our government where they monopolize crime make uh or monopolize violence to where it's literally the government's the only one that's allowed to do it if anyone else does any sort of violence they get arrested they're told to sit on the side of the highway with a little radar gun to make sure nobody's going five miles an hour over the speed limit right right i mean that's that's like that's like giving out a ticket for jaywalking like i as a human being should be able to decide whether or not it's safe for me to cross the street I as a Look human you, being, you fucking libertarian. <laughs> you've rubbed <laughs> off on me, but I mean, it's. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. I think anybody could look at that from a common sense angle and be like, it is ridiculous that people get tickets for jaywalking. It doesn't happen very often. I understand that, but I think yeah. speeding is the same. Like, if I'm out on the highway, and sure, the speed limit is 70, 70 75, wherever sixty five, wherever you happen to live, and there's nobody else on the road, and I'm going. 80 instead of 75, I as a human being have made the decision to do that, looking around, noticing that it's probably safe if I go a little bit faster than I'm, uh, you know, on a nice sunny day. Maybe it's different if it's snowing or raining or whatever, but I think I can make a decision for my own safety. I don't need to get a ticket from a police officer to tell me that I'm doing something wrong in that scenario. And you know, it's interesting. I was just thinking about this as you were saying that, like almost by design, uh, Interactions with police in general are typically never good. You don't just hang out with police unless they're your friends and they're off duty. But like you're either dealing with a police officer, whether you're being pulled over, you broke the law or someone else broke the law and infringed on your rights. So you're still talking to them. It's almost never like a pleasant interaction. Have you seen so uh, in the Detroit area here, if you're if you're not a stater, we, we have a we have a, a major highway called uh, I-75. And, I think half the country knows yeah, what I said. It, it r- <laughs> runs, all, runs all the way to Florida, so you, you know this. But so just north of Detroit, they just uh, in the the northern suburbs, they just 
redid a lot of that highway. And I don't know if you've seen this, Corey, but in the center median, they've actually installed little cutouts in the median to where police officers can pull up and back into this little crevice here to hide their cars so that they can catch people for speeding. Like, our tax dollars went into that. Do you think it's actually for that, or do you think it's for emergency vehicles to be able to turn around for accidents? And the way that they have it is so people don't think it's a turnaround? Uh, That might be what they say it's for, but I see police officers parked in there an awful lot. So, yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, that might be what what it's for. (laughs) But those emergency vehicles are going to have a hell of a time turning around when there's a sleeping cop in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting there waiting for you to do 80 in a 75. The the authorized vehicles only turn around. Someone call the cops. And that's and that's just it. So, the, so the, to the question, the the theme of tonight's show of what do, what do, what does law enforcement actually do? That's what it seems like they do: serve and protect the uh, revenue collection uh, uh, apparatus, if you will. They're the gun. They're the muscle for an arm that's pointing. Well, how do you, how does it go? Like, yeah, every every law has an arm, and at the end of that arm is a gun. There's a hand holding a gun pointed at you to make sure you do it. And that's literally what the cops are. They're there to enforce any sort of arbitrary or victimless lo- victimless crime that our government instills. And in the case and in the case of uh uh the the the, the Uvalde shooting, that is probably the most egregious example to to date. If if Just somebody a failure. somebody can point out a different one. No, but the most egregious example of the of, of police officers are not actually required to protect you. And that's true. Oh yeah, absolutely. That, that's yeah. They're no, not required Gonzalez to versus or a Castle Rock V Gonzalez. It's about the story of this, uh, this woman who had this crazy ass ex husband or boyfriend, one of the two. And they had three kids together and the guy was absolutely insane. He was stalking her and all sorts of stuff like that. And she put a restraining order on him. And, I forget what happened exactly, but the police didn't show up when he was there, when the restraining order was in place and he killed all the kids and she survived. And so she tried to sue the city because they didn't follow through with uh, enforcing the restraining order. And it went all the way up to the Supreme court and it was a federal case and it's Castle Rock v. Gonzalez. And I think it was the leader's opinion that said uh, that it was something like, yeah, actually I'm going to look it up, but it was something along lines that like human life isn't property and that the government isn't obligated or the police aren't obligated to protect it or something like that yeah and that's that's the that's the idea that they're police officers when they say serve and protect the protect part is to protect property which 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 helps whom higher income folks would you say yeah not not so much. No, they don't necessarily so protect the Constitution. <laughs> well, some would say neither does the Supreme Court. I would disagree, but oh, Justice Scalia, not Alito. Sorry, he did. Who cares what that old yeah. guy? Who cares what that fossil is? Is he? Isn't he dead now? Yeah, he's dead. He did. He gone. He's up there drinking wine with RBG. They're getting hammered together. That's right. They were friends, right? Yeah, they were homies. How dare they? 
How dare, dare they. they be friends with each other? What are you looking up again? I, I already forgot. Um, the town of Castle Rock versus Gonzalez. Oh, that's right. I was looking for the actual opinion. I think you explained it um, decently well. Yeah. Uh, Justice Antolinskia held the enforcement of the restraining order was not mandatory under Colorado law where a mandate for enforcement to exist. It would not create an individual right to enforcement that could be considered a protected entitlement under the precedent of Board of Regents versus, of State versus State Colleges versus Roth. And even if there was a protected individual entitled to enforcement of a restraining order, such entitlement would have no monetary value and hence would not count as property for the due process clause. The, the enforcement of a restraining, and then uh, Justice David Souter wrote in a concurring opinion using the reasoning that enforcement of a restraining order is a process, not the interest protected by the process, and that there is no not due process protection for processes. <laughs> process, process, process. There's another one in New York. I think it's Lazito, Lazito versus New York. And this fucking guy, he was literally, it was during a stabbing rampage in New York on the subways. So the cops are on the train kind of looking for this guy. And so there's this big muscle head and he's on the train and there's a guy, he, I'd heard the story. I think it was an NPR. This crazy fucker was sitting across from him and there was cops on the subway in the cockpit with the captain of the little fucking train car or whatever. And this guy lost his mind and started stabbing people. And so this guy tried to stab him and this guy starts stabbing Lazito. And he goes, I distinctly remember trying to stop this guy and subdue him. And looking in the window of the train, and there was a cop in there just staring at me, not coming out to help. And because of the precedent of the town of Newcastle or Castle Rock v. Gonzalez, they said that the police weren't obligated to uh, protect him unless there's like a verbal contract or something like that. But yeah, no, yeah, no. Graham versus Connor. Police are allowed to do whatever they want to under as long as it's uh a reasonable action. What is it? They say it was a uh, necessary. What was it? Reasonable. It was the word reasonable was in the ruling to as long as the police act in a reasonable way in a, in a scenario, then they're protected by the constitution, which is, which and is if they just straight up don't act at all. They're protected by the constitution. Yeah, and, and if they do anything crazy and wild, then it's qualified immunity. Yeah, and the, the the word reasonable is so funny. It's such an arbitrary word that's so subjective. <laughs> like, what the hell is reasonable? Yeah. Nobody knows what the hell that actually means. Uh, yeah, so maybe instead of, especially in the case of, of the Uvalde massacre, uh, maybe instead of talking about the non-starter of guns, because you're never going to win and you're never going to lose that argument, Maybe, maybe we need talk, to talk about policing a little bit more. D e f u n d r e f o r m. It's literally the same amount of word letters. Literally the same fucking syllables. Deform or reform. Defund. It takes them. It takes them out the exact same space on a tweet. Why the fuck are we yelling out defund the police when we could be saying reform the police? Because they have a really bad. Really bad marketing campaign. Whoever <laughs> decided that was the worst. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, dude, it's like, you know, like we need cops. You know, we need public servants that are there to help with society, but not the ones we got. Yeah. The, the, That's the, for damn sure. 
You know, like I know of two good cops and they're my friends. <laughs> so there might even be a bias there, but I don't know. I would trust them. But other than that, like, fuck me, man. Like these officers need more training. They need more pay. Instead of spending money on all this uh, bulletproof armor and ARs that they're not clearly based on Uvalde, they're clearly not going to use. Let's use this so then they can actually identify a mental health episode or like uh, identify a mental issue. Identify fucking low blood sugar, man. The Graham versus Connor case I was I mentioned earlier. Yeah, Graham v. Connor. The reason why he was tackled and the shit beat out of him. Is because him and his friend just got off work. He had low blood sugar. They ran into a local gas station and to get some uh, orange juice for him or something so he could just get his blood sugar up, but he didn't have his wallet. So they ran into the store, realized he didn't have his wallet, ran out, hopped in the car, and went to go drive him home because he lived a few blocks away. A cop saw them run in, run out, and then pulled him over because of that because it looked suspicious. Sure. they get in, He pulls him over, and Graham, who has fucking low ass blood sugar have you ever met anyone with low blood sugar oh yeah yeah i got that di- oh, they're a in my dick family. oh they're yeah. <laughs> they're a fucking dick they're uh you know they're just they're pissed you know they don't even know what they're saying like they get all angry and agitated and they say weird things and they do weird things and they do all this wild shit and the cop just didn't recognize that because he was not cooperating with police and they beat the fuck out of him so here you go uh this this is breaking. This just came from Axios. I don't know how breaking this is, but uh, President Biden calls on Congress to reinstate a federal the, the federal assault weapons ban that was passed in 1994 and expired under George W. Bush in 2004. And oh, the crime bill, or not the crime bill, the, the assault uh, weapons was ban. That Brady was that Brady? That wasn't Brady, was it? No, Brady was the one that made it to where guns were more accessible, right? The Brady bill, or was the Brady bill the opposite? Uh, he also called for expansions on background checks, raising the age limits to purchase semi-automatic rifles and red flag laws. So a, 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 a bunch of shit that doesn't actually solve the problem. Congratulations uh, to the Biden administration on that one. Way to virtue signal. He knows it's not going to pass. Even uh, even even with a, a majority Democratic Congress. So he, he sometimes he knows what he's doing when it <laughs> when it when it when it benefits his approval rating with his with the uh, already establishment. So. Good on you, President Biden. Thank you for that. Uh, right. Yeah, no, and I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. They're literally just throwing out non-starters, you know, like intentionally, just so they can throw the, – because then nothing gets done. They can throw their hands up and say they tried when we could do incremental things, like I said. Like, like uh, quick double tap just said, domestic violence. Yeah, that's what I was like. You're you're right there with me. Quick, uh, quick double tap. That's literally where I was getting. Like, there's there's incremental steps we could take. Like, when you look at the average age of all these mass shooters, it's roughly between 16 and 18. Yeah, we already have laws in the book that have been constitutionally solidified that handguns can be purchased at 21. Let's bump up long guns for that, with the with the exception of maybe hunting with an adult who's over 21, or if you're in the military, we can put in, you know things like that to make it to where uh, we can put in different restrictions that aren't going to infringe on people's rights with little caveats in them. 
I think, well, you know, I think, I think, and I think instead couple, of that, they think, try to just do blanket bans. I think there's a couple of problems with with the, with the domestic violence thing. Like on on paper, that sounds great, but but here's here's a couple of issues with that. Number one is so many so many domestic violence charges are dropped well before they ever go to trial. Right, we, we we see all of these we see all of these women, whether or not, and it's not always women. Sometimes it's men as well. But people that are victims of domestic violence not following through on these charges for whatever reason. I mean, families have weird. Well, then they get their gun on. back. Sure, they just make sure. it like that. Take it that simple. Sure. So that so that that that's one particular issue. But the other thing is, and I'd actually like to give credit to to somebody we were uh, we were talking about uh, here before we started the show, Corey, uh, Miss uh, Catherine Mankey Ward from from uh, Reason. Uh, I believe she made this point earlier this week on uh, on one of her podcasts, which was was that the issue with red flag laws. I thought this was a really salient point. The issue with red flag laws is that a lot of crazy things happen within families. It's it's a law, depending on how it's written, right? But it's something that could be used as as like a revenge tool against somebody who's wronged you, right? I mean, I don't don't think you have to look any further than what we just saw with Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, right? We don't have to look any further than that. You know, So, 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 so Johnny Depp for a while there, should should had red flag laws been in place? I'm just using this as an example. He would have been banned from owning a gun in certain instances when he did yeah. nothing wrong. So like, it's, well, it's, it's another about- one of those things. It's like it makes sense on paper. I don't I don't disagree with the concept, but it just it never plays out the way it's supposed to. So you know that was that's actually a decent argument against it too. So my argument against red flag laws. I was looking this up. So first off. Restraining orders based on Castle Rock B. Gonzalez really don't mean shit. Um, and then I was looking different things up. And so when it comes to a restraining order, first off, you have to file for the restraining order. And then the uh, the office, so then the judge comes in and then he has 24 hours to even sign the, the restraining order into law. And then the restraining order is still not in effect until you find the other person and they can be served. That could take a long time. So the inefficiency of our courts, if we're trying to bungle it up with a bunch of red flag laws, there's going to be time frames where if we have somebody who is absolutely insane in the brain, insane in the membrane. I see what you did there. I see what you did. <laughs> uh, they're going to have days potentially weeks of still having their gun. So I just feel like it's not like, and if they're that crazed or you have to, you think, Oh, I need to go to the fucking court to get this guy's gun taken away. He's not just going to be sitting at home. I mean, obviously that's, that's not necessarily true or not. You know, this is a uh, hypothetical situation, but the court system is slow. And if somebody is unhinged to the point where you're trying to take their gun away, that response isn't going to be fast enough. Not to mention the default, and I think this is the this this should be true most of the time. But no, all the time because I'm mostly a constitutionalist. You always always the default is set towards whatever the Constitution is, and I think that's important more for the First Amendment, which is another topic for another day than than something like the Second Amendment. But I always like the default going back to. The Constitution, especially the Bill of Rights. So when it comes to firearms and when it's okay to take somebody's gun away, the courts are always going to default back to the Constitution. And I think that's the way that it should be overall. Is that a perfect way to handle it? 
you know, probably not. But I right. always like the default going back to the Constitution. Yeah, well, yeah, liberty is important. Yeah, no, yeah. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Your personal liberties and my personal liberties and where I'm at. And if you're trying to shoot me, you are infringing on my liberty. And you're absolutely right, Quick. But it's, uh, I think time and time again, our government has proved to be inefficient. And I think something as broad as, oh, just red flag laws. It just, like you said, it sounds good on paper, but I don't think it would just in practice. I think it's just, I think, I don't think it would work. I don't think it would solve any of the problems. Cause at that, like when I'm talking about like, and I'm not saying it's a mental health issue just to kick this can down the road. I really think we need to deal with the serious mental health problem in our fucking You're not using it. You're not using it as just like this weird blanket defense for firearms, right? Because right. Yeah. No, in general, that's one of the big issues that I have with, with the gun nuts. Cause it's the only time it's brought up. It's the only time it's fucking brought up. Yeah. The, the issue, I have two issues with the gun nuts. One is that they, they almost do this weird thing where it's like more about defending the gun than it is defending the right to own the gun. That's number one, but the, but uh, another it was thing, not the gun that did it. Another thing that they do is like I just wish gun people would just admit why they own firearms. You don't own your firearms. You don't own twenty five fucking firearms. You don't have you don't have an arsenal in your shed to protect your home. You have all those guns because you like them and they're fun, and that's okay. I'm not I'm not here to judge you. That's fine, but it, just admit that that's what it is. No, I, was, I'm, I got them for home protection. Are you going to fire are you, are, are you going to fire 50 guns at the same time to uh, on a home intruder? No. That's not why you have <laughs> yeah, That's not, not why you have all those guns. 50 guns and put eight <laughs> guns in your hands with each trigger. Fucking Rambo. Blah, blah. <laughs> Six cigarettes lit across his Okay, mouth. so Quick lives Quick so when he's talking about uh you know about guns and stuff like that and he goes in the UK there uh not in UK not self defense law you can't defend yourself with a firearm in the UK. That's insane. That's insane to me, quick, because here in Michigan, <laughs> we have a stranger gun law that, like, if you come walking in my door and I don't want you in my house and you don't turn around and leave, I do not have to retreat. Well, and the other thing, too, is, like, how often does that happen, right? People walking in my house? No, well, anywhere, anywhere in the United States. Like, how, 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 often, here, not, how, often, how often is the stand your ground law actually invoked? I mean, you don't, you don't, I mean, maybe more than we realize, because maybe it's not reported on, but. You don't hear about it a whole lot. One of the biggest landmark cases we just had was the Kyle Rittenhouse case. Well, that's true. I'm not saying it never happens. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just, okay, I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it's... it's, it's yeah, it depends on the state. Because it also, it, it can be used even in fights, you know, in self-defense, but not just guns. It's just the gun cases are always the ones that come up, you know, that are the hot button issues. But for real, man, like... I really want to drive that home, like mental health in our, like, and like, this is why I say like mental health isn't treated seriously when, if we have, we have like roughly 40,000 gun violence or deaths in our country and the result of gun violence, more than half of them are self-inflicted from suicide. And no one ever says shit about that. All they do is every time someone mentions suicide on the radio, they get, they just spout off the suicide hotline number real fast. Yeah. It, and then that's know, it. A lot of people like to talk about, and this is usually a right wing talking point, but you know, inner city crime, that that's not an insignificant number. And also, uh, was it, was it, was it the reason round table that also talked about the average gun deaths per year when it comes to school shootings? 
and it, and it's not meant to minimize it. It's it's obviously uh, the number should be zero, but the way that it's often talked about is that you know seven hundred kids a year die from school shooting, and on on average, it's about ten. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's ten, not- and there's fifty million kids that go to school every every day essentially and again it's not, it's know, not meant to minimize those deaths or the or the and tragedy. i don't want to minimize no, the deaths not. yeah but it's like you do have to put it in what, context if you're going to have these conversations million, and then how do you get that number down to zero short of treating our schools like prisons and i don't want to see that either or i hate that argument too it's oh just put a fucking guard at the school yeah mil- militarizing a school like like a kindergartner should have to walk past a dude with a you know a defensive assault rifle every morning before he goes into Mrs. Gardner's class for, you know, playtime. It, right. it, it just, I, I, I hate the idea of subjecting kids to like having that normalized for them. You know, it's yep. it just like Ryan said, only if it's a celebrity you hear about suicide or it's, if it's only, if it's a celebrity or someone in six degrees of your little personal social circle, yeah. unless you actually look up the statistics and you know, like one is a tra- What is it? Uh, one is a tragedy a thousand or a million is a statistic. We have people in our country that are just fucked. We have so many people on antidepressants. You know, we, we talked about this last week and it's nobody wants to tackle this thing seriously until it inconveniences them. And then they just try to find the easiest path to solve it. So no, it's just, think it's just it like anything else. It's much easier to just go to your political corners, you know, make your political talking points about how guns are bad and we need to get rid of them or guns are good and we need more of them, which is basically what it is, right? That's, if you're breaking down the arguments uh, into uh, an easy thing to swallow, and and then and then the, the the thing that bothers me about the anti-gun crowd is that they sit there and they accuse the gun crowd of not caring, which is that 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 pisses me off so badly because that is that is such a ridiculous projection. Well, that goes to what we've talked about as a theme in our show is like both sides create caricatures of each other. Mm-hmm. That when you think Republican, it's this red hat, make America great again guy and a big ass five zero or would it be? What's the one that's out right now? Is it the 6.3? The 6.3 fucking power stroke Ford diesel driving around with the uh, fucking come and take it sticker on the back. And he's wearing his sunglasses and he's yelling into his phone going, I'm pissed off at the world because it's not as simple as I want it to be. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then on the other side, it's the caricature of some limp-wristed soy boy right, right. with a neck beard with a fedora tip in his hat going, mm, hello, my lady, and going to Comic-Cons in a No, no, not, not, he- not hello, my lady. Hello, uh, quotation marks, insert gender here. Or insert pronouns here. That's right, and yeah. it's, it is. It's just straight up caricatures of both fucking sides, man. And then nothing gets done because they vilify each other so well that you just think the other side's an idiot. And if you think they're inhuman, they're not even on the same level as you to talk to. Uh, you want to get to a couple comments before we uh, move on to the next reason that uh, law enforcement we don't know what the hell they actually do. So we kind of mingled a few of these in here. This one though, from Johnny. I'm not exactly <laughs> just. Straight up covers up our fucking faces. <laughs> I'm still, we're still here. I'm not exactly sure what he's saying here, but it sounds like something that might be fun to unpack. Let us say there is a chimp community consisting of 300 chimps. Roughly 98% of the population worship maple leaves and think it is a sacred and think it is sacred. I know I'm making a lot of leaps in logic here, but bear with me. And the other 2% gets turned on by these leaves and ejaculate on them. The 98% doesn't like this and thinks that the masturbators are evil. 
Are the masturbators objectively bad? No, it's subjectively bad in the society, sure, but not objectively. I think we should pass this question on to Ben Shapiro. <laughs> he would say he would say yes the masturbators are objectively bad and they're trying to turn your children into transgender people that's what he would say you're probably right no no they're, they're not objectively bad i don't think because objectively is, is always a strange word do you ever notice how objectively is one of those words that people use in placement of of like subjectively almost like how people say literally when it's not literal Oh, on accident? All, yeah, all, yeah, the, all time. the time. All the time. I don't think he's word. doing that. No, he's no, saying no. objective. He's saying he's got it right. No, I understand. But, but uh, I just, just a <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I just thought about. That's just, oh, yeah. That's just objectively true. And it's like God exists. That's just objectively <laughs> true. <laughs> it's just objectively true. And it's like Titanic makes them sad. If you have a penis. The movie, not the actual killing, but like, or the deaths of people on a sinking ship. But the movie. If you have a penis, you are a woman. That is just objectively true. I love purposely saying that my facts are objective and you're wrong and everyone agrees with me to people about very <laughs> trivial things just to really fucking piss them off. You're, you're wrong. Just subjective facts are on my side. And, they, and, and, and it'd be something about like which color is best. <laughs> a very subjective argument. Just try to act like there's facts. Green is the color that makes you horny. That's objectively true. Ask Tucker Carlson about the color green in those M&Ms. He was pissed off that they're taking away your eyelashes. Uh, quick double tap called you out, by the way, for your grammar, and he is correct. It is by accident, not on accident. So thank you. Where did I say that? Back, 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 back in a couple minutes ago. Just listen back to the episode. No. You'll hear it. God damn. I, my grammar is bad. Am I verbal? <laughs> I I only pulled that up because I always make fun of Cor- Corey for his grammar. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, do we want to? You want to talk about Sussman? Oh, hey, you like that Sussman says? This, well, this is this is also <laughs> no, this is also another example of what the, the theme of the show tonight, which is what does law enforcement actually do? Uh, so the the lawyer for the the, the Clinton campaign, Michael Sussman, was uh, acquitted basically on charges of lying to the FBI. And the interesting thing about this to me is not necessarily the fact that he was acquitted, although that is interesting, but he was acquitted and also proved that the uh, the FBI and the Clinton campaign were in cahoots with each other. It's so interesting how both things happened at the same time. Uh, right. <coughs> it does. <laughs> but, but, you know, they're going for the, the hyperpartisan vindication of the left because he was found not guilty then what they did wasn't wrong and then the right thinks that 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 the whole entire court system now is fucking corrupt and they're ready to go storm the capital again i guess i don't know so i mean look the the thing that makes me so frustrated about this is that like you neither you or i have ever been or will ever be supporters of Donald Trump, right? I think you would agree with me when I say that Donald Trump uh, is a con artist and a narcissist, and I think he even proved that as president. Uh, and we- I agree, and I was hoping that you had a uh, fart soundbite for that. I got a couple. Talk about- <laughs> um, 
but that, that's what makes this thing so fucking childish. That's it's great. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Speaking of childish, uh, but that's that's what makes this thing so so frustrating to me because you have the Clinton campaign obviously in cahoots with the FBI to try and catch Donald Trump for doing something that he did not do. You don't need to do that. You never needed to do that to prove that Donald Trump is a narcissist and a con artist and literally didn't live up to anything that he said he was going to do in office outside of not starting any new wars. Good on you, former Mr. Yeah, President. Yeah, good on that. Uh, but it's like, you know, reinvoking sanctions on Cuba, you know, and, and other shit that, that you know, was was lifted beforehand that is better destroying for the Venezuela economy. Yeah, I mean, creating a huge immigration crisis and blaming it on socialism. Right, right, yeah. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. So, <coughs> so why why the Clinton campaign felt the need that they had to make up some fake story about him being in cahoots with Russia is so frustrating to me because now you have lost all credibility. The Democratic establishment has lost all credibility. And and now basically, you know, if you ever do catch Trump doing something, whether it was in his first term or if he happens to get a second one, which let's be honest, people, is not impossible, you've lost all credibility and nobody's going to fucking believe you other than the establishment that will already get on their knees and suck your dick for whatever reason you want them to do anyway. Yeah, if what did if you the accomplish campaign, here? Instead of spending all their time trying to meddle in the other people's campaign, and actually went out and went and went to the flyover states and met in uh, purple states and actually like you know campaigned, then they might have had a shot. But it's oh, you mean you mean if the Democratic Party actually did what they say they are, which is to you know uh, stand up for the working class, the Rust Belt. They- no, it's not the Rust Belt anymore, it's dude. The Rust Belt forever, you fucker. <laughs> no, that's not me. I said it. It's your boy Biden. <laughs> well, come on, man. He's also got a rust, you know the thing. Rust Belt. Your your favorite president, Dan. <laughs> yeah, number one for me. Number one in my book. <laughs> Abe Lincoln. Who the fuck is that? Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, don't hold a candle to Joe he Biden. He came in. He's like, I'm gonna be the new FDR, and ended up being the new Carter. Worse, I would think. At least, at least, I, I would say that at least Jimmy Carter, for for all of his faults, I felt like he, I always felt like he was genuine. You know, I felt like he at least felt like you know, felt like he was doing the right thing. He's like, I'm doing this for peanuts. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was, he was, such he was, a dumb joke. He was terrible, but I, 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 I feel like he might be the only, uh, the only president since I don't know maybe in forever that was actually like a genuine human being, which is maybe the reason he's still alive. <laughs> maybe the reason why he was such a shitty person at the job. Because <laughs> yeah, he was a good human being. <laughs> anyway, uh, look, the, the thing that stands out to me with Sussman is, is the, 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 there, there was an exhibit. I can't remember what it is. I've, I've actually been having trouble finding it, but I, I saw it earlier probably because Google's trying to block me from it. But um, showing that Michael Sussman himself edited pr- a press release for the FBI regarding a possible hack of the, the DCCC servers, right? So basically, uh, the... What's yeah, his, it was what's a trainer. Name? Yeah, so... Uh, something trainer. He, was the F- he worked for the FBI, and he actually sent Sussman the press release by the FBI. And in the original press release, it said uh, the word the word that was dropped out, which is a big deal, was the word probably. 
or possibly the original possibly. FBI. Yeah, possibly it was uh, the FBI's original press relief was going to say that there's possibly a connection between the Trump campaign and this Russian oligarch group, Alpha Bank, I think, which was responsible for the hack of the DCCC. Which was res- yeah, and then so Allegedly. he said it was possible that this happened, and Sussman made him and take then, the word possible out. Yeah, and why the fuck is the lawyer of a campaign, a presidential campaign? Colluding with the FBI and their fucking press releases, Dan. Um, because they're in cahoots with each other. I mean, what am I supposed? How am I supposed to answer that question? <laughs> yeah, and you know, and like, and that is that. Like, he was a uh, he was, and he remember. So he was found, or he was. Acqu- I'm looking at the political.com right now. It's Sussman acquitted on charge brought by special counsel Durham, and so he was acquitted. And whether or not his lie to the FBI was criminal. And they said that it wasn't. Well, and, and here's here's the interesting part. So so Baker, who was uh, Sussman's connection at the FBI, he was the person that he sent the text message to and then had the meeting with the following morning. Um, but that text message is intentional. Oh, that yeah. That was a creative paper trail to say that I'm not working with the Clintons. Wink, wink, nudge, right. nudge, know what I mean, know what I mean. Right, which is, which is the, 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 the lie, like the big, the, the big part of the lie that he's accused of. Uh, but and, and we'll get into this in a minute, but it, it, it in certain ways was not admissible in the case um, or at the trial. But the interesting part to me is that uh, Baker, who is Sussman's connection at the FBI, used to work under who, Corey? I'm sorry. You get to repeat that again. I was reading Quick's comment. So, so Baker Sussman's connection at the FBI used to work under who? Was it Obama? Robert Mueller. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it interesting that he used to work under Robert Mueller? Which is why you had this Mueller report that was dragged out forever, found absolutely nothing, and was basically just used as a, a ploy to cover the asses of the Clinton campaign and the FBI. That's yeah. all. That's Do you all. The Mueller report. That's Do all the Mueller me- report was. Put yourself back in 2016. How bad did you want the shoe to drop with the Mueller report? Oh, I wanted it to drop. I wanted. Oh it to my god, I wanted Trump because I because I hate the guy so much. I wanted to see him behind bars. But that's but there the was thing. nothing. Dude. That's the thing is like I wanted the Mueller report to show us something too, and yet we're still sitting here because I think going back to a word that we used a little bit earlier in the show, I think we like to be objective about this shit. We try to be. And realizing that the Mueller report was fucking bullshit does not somehow make me some right-wing conspiracy theorist. It's been proven. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to share this one real quick. So lying to FBI, deliberately misleading investigation. That surely is an offense. And you would think it is, but then like you get into it so... I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know how the court systems work in the UK. I don't know if they have juries of your peers and things like that. I'm not exactly sure how they do a court system there. Um, But here, the way that this one shook out, the reason why it was basically he got away with it is a lot of it has to do with this was in a district court in D.C. And D.C. is full of people who are connected and involved in, in the politics. And so when you're looking at a district court in DC and this, this evidence like this came out afterwards that like a lot of people on the jury, which not necessarily they knew it. 
I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say they didn't know. But one of the jurors' kids was on a baseball team or some sports team with the judge's kid. Um, some of them were donors to the Clinton campaign. No, with uh, we're talking of- a, a, a Sussman's kid. The defendant's okay, kid, right? Okay. One I, of the I think, defendant's I kids went to school or did something assessments kid. And yeah, and so they all kind of know each other. So there's already bias in that jury because of the fact that let's pretend like they're not even like we're not even gonna pretend that none of them knew about what was going on here. A woman here we go. A, a woman identified as juror number five came forward Thursday morning to tell the court that she only recently discovered that her daughter and Mr. Sussman's daughter play on the same high school crew team. So she didn't even know before the trial started. So I think right. I think I think that's been a little bit of an overused conspiracy theory type talking point on the right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll get into that in a second. But what? Uh, and um, do you just call us a colony? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think that's true. He did. Yeah, quick double tap. Called us. Uh, called us a colony. You're a colony. You follow a lot of the <laughs> systems of law. Yeah, yeah. No, a lot of our yeah the common law. It's it's yeah the common call. The com or sorry, common law, and uh, we did like uh, we because we came from the UK. A lot of our law is based on the common law that came from there. <laughs> he saw my blood. What do you mean, Connie, bro? We kicked your ass. Don't, we don't, did it ourselves back in seventeen seventy six. Don't tread on me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, give me freedom or give me death. Well, it, it, Corey, the other the other thing here, the other thing here is like it, it, it is so obvious that all of the information that the FBI received was actually either directly from the Clinton campaign, or oh, no, dude, or from from people that work for the Clinton campaign, like CloudStrike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it. They literally use the same playbook as the Iraq War, dude. <laughs> they leaked this information to the FBI, and they leaked this information to media, which in this case was the New York Times. And then they go, then they go FBI, check this out. This is what's going on. And then they go to the the new the the news and go, oh look, the FBI is looking into this. And then they go back to the FBI and go, you better get ahead of this. The New York Times is about to drop a big bomb on this story. And then they just, yeah, it's this, it's literally the same shit they did with the Iraq War. So, and then they go, well, the New York Times is reporting it. And then the New York Times goes, well, the FBI is looking into it. And they just they <laughs> and just keep it. jacking each other off back and forth. That's all like that's all that's all this is. And so I, I wanted to circle talk, jerk. I wanted to talk a little bit about the text message in question, right? Because the night before meeting with Baker, you have this text message from Michael Sussman that says uh that he, you know, he has disparaging information on Trump, uh, Trump, Russia collusion. Um, and he's not, he's not reaching out on behalf of any client or something to that effect basically is what this text message said. I also love how now the conversation is about the fact that Sussman was acquitted and not the fact that the actual steel, the SCA was reported as a flop. (laughs) (laughs) And now this is where the conversation is. Yeah. It's, it's all, it's all focused around this text message though. Right. Even, even the steel dossier part. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Oh yeah. But the text message wasn't admitted into court. Right. So I actually have, I actually have a piece that was written by, it's real short, written by Andrew McCarthy, who's, who's Fox news guy. Right. So this is, this is coming from the right. Right. So I, I found this 
pretty interesting. It says the acquittal, uh, the, the acquittal of uh, Clinton lawyer Michael Sussman by a Washington, D.C. jury comes as no surprise. In a false statements case, the government has to prove the statement in question was both false and material. Prosecutors had problems on both scores, especially the latter. On falsity, the government must establish beyond a reasonable doubt that an untrue statement was made. Here, although prosecutors had a text message, a statement directly from Sussman, in which he falsely claimed he was not representing any client in purveying to the FBI derogatory information about Donald Trump, but this, but that is not how the case was indicted, right? So he goes on to say, special counsel John Durham did not have the text message when the charge was filed in September of 2021 flush up against the statute of limitations. Consequently, in March of 2022, when he obtained a copy of the text from James Baker, uh, Durham could not go back to the grand jury and add a new charge or substantially uh, charge the indictment. So that meant that the jury could not rely on the text message itself to find the false statement. Instead, it had to find what was charged in the indictment, namely that Sussman had made the false statement at the meeting with Baker the day after the text message. So as obvious as it is, the one piece of evidence that is the actual obvious lie was not admitted. So the prosecution had a really, really hard time proving beyond a reasonable doubt. Yep. And you know what? <clears throat> a lot of people like, and we're, we were talking about the jury and stuff like that. And we forgot to mention, which is an important part because we talked about this in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. Under law, you get a set of number of strikes you can have against the jury to remove a juror. If you think that they might be showing bias. Um, it's up to the defense and the prosecutors to decide what, what they think of their jury and if the prosecutors were settled with this jury and then that jury chose that decision, then the prosecutors did a blunder. Just like the defense did a blunder in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. Obje- subjectively. That's a, that's a subjective statement, not an objective statement. Well, and, that, and that brings us to the point about uh, whoever, whoever loses these high-profile cases now, it's just, oh, we'll just blame the jury now. You know, the Rittenhouse case, oh, the jury was, just, the jury was racist. The jury was racist. <coughs> yeah, but that's fine. Blame the jury. That's the defense and the prosecutor's fault for fucking up and not venting the jury well enough. Yeah, lawyers you pay for, exactly. And then real quick, this guy uh, asked how much do us muscle men lift? Wow, I'm, I haven't been called a muscle man ever. I don't mean neither, t I'm a skinny little twink. I don't know what you're looking at. <laughs> we talking about look at this over here. I'm over here deadlifting 850 pounds. <laughs> I'd love to see that. Can't, can't beat a man in a deadlift, but throw me in with some women, I might get a shot. <laughs> you'd, be a world, you'd be a world champion. Uh, That's not true. That one guy that actually did, or was it a female to male or male to female that did it? I think it was female to male who got her ass kicked in the deadlift, right? I don't remember. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't pay I remember no one really made us think about it because they didn't win. Like, uh, right. what's her face did with the women's swimming? Oh, the the Yale swimmer, I can't. Yeah. Remember, I can't remember her name because that's it's a story. That story was like seven days ago, dude. Nobody remembers anything. I was like, like fucking seven months ago at this point. Well, you know, it's like we already forgot about in it. In a week, nobody's gonna re- next. In a week, nobody's gonna remember the Uvalde shooting. Just like nobody remembers Flint Waters still poisonous. You know, you know how it goes. Yeah, that's how well, that's yeah. how we roll here. Or this pass. It's on to the next. 
We're already an hour in, Tim. What does the FBI actually do? Not shit. (laughs) Stage government fucking kidnapping or stage kidnappings of governors. As well as. Hear hear about and interview mass shooters and let them go. So then go do a mass shooting. Cuck to the establishment, which is what the whole Sussman tie-in was to that to tonight's show theme that's a good that's a good that's a good tie-in uh do you want to uh let's let's get to the good news here we 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 haven't been doing this as much we we try to yeah so we can try to bring you a good story every 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 episode just to you want to save biden's bombs yanking yang's chain and gator gary peters being trashed for next week uh, I would like to talk about Yang, but we can do. Let's do the good news. We'll do your monologue, and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, about Yang. Okay, you like that alliteration? Ah, yeah. Solar panels are doing good things for farmers. Wonderfully wooled sheep saving the scenery. <laughs> now this this was, this was your thing. I thought it was interesting. I was a little confused by it, but you're the one who found this story. Yeah, it was an interesting story, and you know, we tried to bring up something positive to hear. And so right now I'm on PV Magazine or PV-Magazine-USA.com. And this is actually out in Australia. But two Australian farmers reported that their solar panels increased grazing quality during uh, drought periods over a four-year period, aligning with research suggesting solar panel microclimates might increase water retention and grass reproduction. So a lot of times what people are doing is they're putting their solar panels low to the ground. So what these like and like, but what that does is it takes up space. And so we have all of this space for uh, people who have pastures for grazing animals, whether it's sheep, cows, you know, alpaca. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> just all the grazing, all the grazers. You could have just said grazing animals, and we would have understood <laughs> the point. I know. I thought in my head I could name like eight. And I was like, wait, what else grazes? Cows, <laughs> sheep, goats, horses, maybe. <laughs> Anyways, so these farmers, they put these uh, solar panels on their farm, but what they did is they raised them up a little bit so sheep could actually walk underneath them. And so what this did was now that there's all this space that's being utilized for natural energy, renewable energy, and these things, because they're literally just these giant sheets that just collect sun, condensation builds on them. And as it heats up, the condensation falls off. And they also create shade. So it's watering the grass underneath these things really, really well. And then also keeping them protected from the beating sun during the day. So the grass is staying greener and it's not creating a bunch of mud patches and things like that, that sheep can get dirty in. So the the sheep are eating greener, safer grass, and they don't have to worry about maintaining the grass under the solar panels because the sheep are keeping it down. And their wool is a lot cleaner because they're in grass and not dirt. And it's also keeping the area better uh, irrigated, so the land underneath is staying uh, more watered. And uh, so Ostini, one of the farmers, said it's it is actually quite astonishing. Some of the sheep look fantastic; they're growing exponentially, and the wool cuts are in the top five percent in the district. One of the farmers said that it's actually uh, <clears throat> creating more wool. And then because then they don't have to like cut wool out and get rid of it because of birds and things like that from like dried land and arid land because yeah. the grass is staying greener. And the other one is saying that the quality of the wool. So there's a little bit more wool and it's better quality and it's actually saving the environment and giving us 
renewable energy. So it almost it almost makes you wonder when you apply it because we 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 all, we hear all the time um, about how how much farmers are struggling to keep their crops up. Um, obviously, you know, with with certain government regulation, FDA regulation, USDA regulation, and whatnot, um, farmers in the United States are getting fucked financially. Uh, not making nearly the amount of money they should for what they do, which is you know feed us. Um, but it it almost makes you wonder with climate change and, and more and more drought conditions, like what something like this could do for our, our crops. Like what happens if it, it almost it would be a fun experiment to see like what would happen if you put these solar panels on these farms and raise them up just over a corn crop or a soy crop or. You know any any other crop because it sounds like not only was it improving the quality of the wool, but it was improving the quality of the grazing grass that these sheep right. were eating. You know, and what do plants crave? Uh, crave electrolytes from the documentary *Idiocracy*. I learned that, and uh, what plants? Crave? It looks like this could be. <laughs> what do you say? What plants crave? <laughs> yeah, electrolytes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, maybe uh, there is something out of this. You know, we can double down on the land, use it more efficiently, give us some energy, and properly maintain agriculture. It's no, uh, it's no nuclear power, Corey. But I like where your head's at. I do like nuclear power. Love, love I'm an advocate power. for that too. Uh, you want to get to your monologue? Yeah, I'll read my monologue. You damn straight, you will. All right. You ready? I'm ready. I'm like as ready as this I've ever whiskey. been. I'm going to go take a dump while you're doing this. Believe all women are just some. With the closing of the sensationalized defamation case against Amber Heard, it seems as though there was a paradigm shift in the conversation of the hashtag MeToo movements. In both the courtroom and the court of public opinion, People, people, both men and women, have migrated to the Team Johnny side of the argument. Personally, I'm a lot of fucks to give regarding the shit show put on in the courtroom while two very rich, broken people drug each other's names through the dirt in some attempt to salvage their own tarnished names on a nationally televised stage. And I like, and I like Johnny, not just as a pirate, but he himself and would love to drink a brew with the guy whose mind is clearly on a different wavelength than most. He brought to life one of my favorite books, The Rum Diaries, by Hunter S. Thompson, and it still blows my mind that the movie is where he met the woman who'd make his life hell for a stint. But a jury decided that's all behind the guy now, as he picks up what's left of his vindicated name and pride and carries on to new drug and booze-induced adventures. And Godspeed to the man. Stay away from crazies, Johnny, no matter how pretty they look in the passenger seat of a 59 Corvette. Believe all women... Still a saying I think we need to, in the very least, adhere to. I'd also add, believe all children or teenagers, especially based on recent events we've seen tragically unfold. Shit, after the Johnny Depp trial, I'd say even believe all men. Voices who aren't heard lash out against themselves or even others they love or don't know sometimes in tragically violent episodes that end in the loss of life. I just wish these sayings that get retweeted to the point of cliched cringe were taken seriously by our elected officials and nonprofit organizations, even when it isn't politically beneficial. Believe all women unless you're Andrew Cuomo and the president of the LGBTQ human rights campaign helps you respond to sexual assault allegations. He did end up getting fired, but believe all women? In an article by Brittany Bernstein, she writes, two of the co-founders of Time's Up, an anti-harassment group created in response to the Me Too movement, 
helped New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's office draft a letter to discredit a woman who accused him of sexual assault, according to a report by the state attorney general. Believe all women? In 1993, according to congressional records, Taylor Reed, Tara Reed's mother called into Larry King's show asking, yes, hello, I'm wondering what a staffer would do besides go to the press in Washington. My daughter has just left there after working for a prominent senator and could, and could not get through with her problems at all, and the only thing she could have done was go to the press, and she chose not to out of respect for him. Tara Reed, of course, was ignored. No big telefied trial for her like there was for Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation that centered on nothing but beer and sexual assault. Just shoved under the rug was a sexual assault allegation against our current president. We saw firsthand what happens when the tables are turned for someone who isn't cozy with feminist movements or the liberal media and have to look no further than the precious doofus-in-chief. The smallest allegations were thrown against the wall to see what what would stick, but at least the poor women got their voices heard over and over again. Now we're on to another allegation regarding Elon Musk, a masseuse, a not-so-happy ending, and a horse. Following the trend of Believe All Women based on what's politically beneficial, this one is looking to dominate dominate the airwaves. Now, as a skeptic, I find it awfully convenient that this accusation came out the day after Musk said he was voting Republican. Honestly, a dumb temper tantrum equivalent to a toddler hitting his head on the ground because he hurt his finger, but I digress. Even still... If I think it's a crock of shit, I want this woman's voice to be heard. I want to see the receipts. What what I don't want to see is a movement continually discredited by the very party who claims to advocate for it. To be very, very clear, I still believe all women and want all the facts made available and clear for everyone. One in six women are sexually assaulted in their lifetimes. In 2019, over 400,000 women were sexually assaulted. These things sadly happen in our society, and calling out the perverts is a step in the right direction. The problem is the cancer in our culture is seen through a political lens just like everything else. Worthy and unworthy victims caught in a cesspool of hyperpartisanship whose words, whose word is based on ideology. Let's not just hear what women have to say, but listen. Even if what we find isn't what we want to hear and have to throw out our coogee sweaters when we find out the lovable Dr. Cosby was drugging and raping women. Yeah, and well, hold on. There we go. I was muted. Uh, oh, jeez. So, yeah, the, the big thing that I took out of that was uh, credibility is being yeah. is being destroyed by false accusations. I, was, I won't even put it that way. Uh, I'll just say bullshit because it could apply to trumped up accusations. Not even that, based but just. On- just based bu- on political just bullshit overall to push a political narrative right and and it's not even it's not it's not even just about sexual assault right it's uh let's go back to the to the to the Hillary Clinton to the Clinton campaign right you wanted so badly to uh make Trump look bad that you made shit up when you didn't need to because Trump did a really good job of making himself look bad Right. And when you right. now when you when you fast forward to, you know, the Elon Musk accus- accusation, I mean, it's really convenient that the guy, you know, ho- hopefully at least still buys Twitter uh, and is seen as like this right wing talking piece. And all of a sudden he's accused of sexual assault. Now, like you said, I want to see the receipts. If this happened, then, yeah, fuck you, Elon Musk. But as a skeptic. It's really, really convenient when 
things like sexual assault are used as a ploy to make somebody look bad. But if they check all the right boxes, like a Joe Biden, then we don't we don't need to believe those women. Because Joe Biden, exactly. Joe Biden was Joe Biden got rid of Donald Trump. He checked all the right boxes. So where there's was no that? Way, there's no way he was a sexual you know, assaulter. It, I it's granted fucking, a president doesn't get a confirmation nuts. hearing, but where was that dog and pony show? How many Democrats do you even think know the name Tara Reid? We we might we might get it after Joe Biden's dead. That's when we'll get it. That's when the truth will come out. Or was it more of a, yeah, we already know. I mean, look at all the pictures. He sniffs hair, but he doesn't have mean tweets, so we don't give a fuck. Yeah. He doesn't have mean tweets. so he We switched t- sides, Dan. You notice that? Did we? Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, when I, when I, when I brought myself back hitters. into the, when I brought myself back into the broadcast. But yeah, it's like, it's, 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 it's frustrating because as you said, you know, believe all women should be a thing. Like if a woman comes forward and says, hey, so-and-so sexually assaulted me, we should believe them, and I believe them, and I want to believe them. But when you have people that that use something like that as a as a political weapon, delegitimizing people that were actually sexually assaulted, Amber Heard, right? It's literally a Jesse Smollett, Jesse Smollett or Smollett. I don't know how the fuck yeah, like say like it. racism is a problem, and there are it's, racial- it's a problem. It's real. You don't need to make it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it, for your own gain. That's what Amber Heard did, obviously. Yeah. And now, now I don't even know if you, I don't even know if you saw this, but Amber Heard is uh, she's she's appealing, saying that this was some sort of setback for women, and her attorney's oh, trying to blame God. the jury. And it's like, again, it's, it's people the jury that he helped choose. It's people like you, she. Uh, it's people like you that damage the credibility of people who are actually of Tara Reed sexually assaulted. Well, that's the thing is like, we don't, we Tara Reed, like, do we, do we know that Joe Biden was guilty of, of what she claims? We, we don't, but no, I would, I, I would exactly, I would love for a big enough deal to have been I made just, about it to actually find out. I don't know if you heard the part that I was saying, how I just finally find it awfully convenient that Tara Reed's mom in 1993 actually called Larry King on his show. I did. I did. Should my daughter do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty damning. That's definitely pretty damning. Just throw that under the rug. Yeah. It's we not like the guy who doesn't have mean tweets. It's not like this was just showed up at, uh, you know, 2020 election. And a lot of it, I do give him benefit of the doubt. The pictures fucking look terrible, but I picture him as being like, this guy that's like, oh, this kid, I love him. I love kids. Not in a weird, like, I love kids. <laughs> but it's it doesn't look good. And I'll give him the benefit of that. I don't think he's diddling kids. But it sure as shit sounds like he was definitely trying to diddle some fucking uh, Abe's. Trying to pull the fucking... It was right on the same time Clinton was there doing it. So he's probably like, well, Clinton's doing it. I'm going to do it. Diddle some AIDS. Hmm. I feel like there's a better way you could have said that. <laughs> <laughs> he's to, yeah, he's trying to diddle some aids. He's a he's an aid diddler. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. I just wanted to touch on this real quick. Uh, Andrew Yang was trending on Twitter uh, earlier this week, and 
I've always, well, not always, but for at least the last couple of years, I, I've I've always said that Twitter is 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 a fantasy, is a dystopian fantasy world where there is there there just is no reality on Twitter, especially when it comes to political discourse. I just want to say, hey, Bright Nice, real quick. He's here again. Yeah, Bright Nice is always here. Yeah, we love him. Uh, I'm I'm trying to find the tweet. Oh, here we go. Uh, oh, two party system. God damn it! Now I got to go back through. Uh, so, God damn no, it! No, Andrew Yang tweeted something to the effect of, "This is not a direct quote. You can go find it on on Andrew Yang's Twitter feed." But Andrew Yang tweeted something to the effect of, uh, "You know, if if." Joe Biden and Donald Trump are our two choices for president. Uh, how many Americans would ask for a better choice or something like that? Or what are my other choices? That was his tweet. That was his tweet. And all you see is when you when you when you looked at this hashtag, all you saw was establishment cucks accusing Andrew Yang of, you know, trying to split up the Democratic vote to help uh, right wing candidates. To, to, to help the Republicans when literally all this man did was asked a question that all of us should fucking be asking, which is, when are we going to demand better? You could have said this in 2016 for sure. You maybe could have said this in 2012. You certainly could have said it in, in 2020. When are we going to stop defending the smaller bowl of shit? Because so many of these tweets in response to Andrew Yang's statement was, oh, it's no question. I'll take the guy who's not a racist or I'll take the guy, you know, the fact that you would even have to ask yourself who you would choose over Trump or or or, or Biden. It just shows what kind of character you have, you bigot, that kind of shit. And that's not even the question that he asked. The question that he asked was, how many people are going to ask for a better choice? I just, I, I, yeah, I, I cannot, right I cannot understand how anybody can look at Donald Trump or Joe Biden and go, man, that guy's a great president. I mean, just, right. just, just objectively, how can you possibly look at either of these two men and go, they're going to fix inflation. They're going to they're going to fix the race issue. They're going to fix uh, police brutality. Uh, you know they're they're going to they're going to fix our our education system. Like in good faith, who can actually tell me what either one of these men would do to make any of those things better? But Joe Biden is the quote unquote smaller bowl of shit. So keep feeding me that shit. Or right. Donald Trump is the smaller bowl of shit. I'll eat that one. I'm just like, well, I told you personally when I realized that it was all just uh, a crock of shit in 2016 when I voted third party for uh, the Libertarians. No, I'm sorry, Green Party. I thought the Libertarians would actually be able to get on the ballot better. I tried to do this little weird strategic vote. When I voted third party in 2016, the Democrats blamed me for not voting for Clinton, and now we have Trump. And in 2020, I still <laughs> decided to vote third party and tell them both the fuck off. And then the Trumpers blame me for voting third party. Aubrey's comment is perfect. 
Uh, if you have an easy time trying to decide between Dr. Evil and Lex Luthor, you're a little too comfortable with supervillains as your president. Yang is asking the right question. And that's exactly right. Absolutely. That's exactly right. Shout out to Aubrey. Yeah, you can you you could say you can make an argument whether you're a Trump supporter or a Biden supporter. You can you can make a coherent argument that would suggest why one of these men is better than the other. But it's it's asking the question: Would you rather be punched in the nose or kicked in the balls? Right. Yeah. He no. So the 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 exact quote is: If a given choice between Trump and Biden. Most of us would immediately ask, who are my other choices? And and the way that's responded to is, oh, my God, you're a cuck for the Republicans. You're trying to split the Democratic vote, as, as you just said, with your, you know, your libertarian vote. Oh, my. Oh, you well, you just wasted your vote. Like the, 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 the amount of people on Twitter in the cesspool of Twitter that are that are just comfortable with this duopoly. It, it it makes me sad, but then I, I have to keep reminding myself, Twitter does not represent the real world. and Not at all. And I we think, just talked about it last week. Was it 49% of Biden's followers are bots and 42% of Trump's followers are bots? Yeah, and, and that's exactly right. And, and how many of those responses to Andrew Yang's tweet were bots? Who knows? But real people read those things and it like it affects them. But then... You and I talked in our in our show prep meeting on Tuesday, Corey, about Andrew Yang in particular. And you and I like to talk to people about politics and talk to talk to people about, you know, different types of ideas and, you know, libertarianism and, and uh Yang's new forward movement. Um and then obviously the establishment stuff too. And I have never, ever, ever had a conversation with a real human being that has a visceral hatred for Andrew Yang. I've talked to plenty of people that disagree with him. I've talked to plenty of people that don't think universal basic income would work, but I have never, ever had anybody say to me, I fucking hate Andrew Yang. I think he's a piece yeah, of shit. He's, just, he's, he's a trying genuine to split person. Yeah, he's just a genuine person, it seems like, for actually being super rich and wealthy. And it's just, he doesn't give you the option to disagree with, like, to hate him. It's just, disagree with my policies, that's fine. He's one of the first people to say that. He goes, you don't like my policy? That's great. Let's talk about it. That, and that's all Twitter is. It's just a, a a cesspool of ad homonyms, man. It's always just attack the speaker. If only we had another platform. Call it something like truth or something, right? Uh, double, ta- <laughs> double tap says change the electoral college. I, I don't think the electoral college is the issue. Um, and here's the reason why. Because we live in a republic and a direct democracy is basically, to me, like two wolves and a sheep deciding what's for dinner. Uh, I think I think the minority does need a voice. I think the, the bigger issue is the duopoly. I think the bigger issue is yeah, we, we need more choices. Exactly. We need more choices. I think ranked choice voting is something that would work very well, which is something that uh, Yang um, promotes. Um, but yeah, being in a republic, I, I, I don't shit on the electoral college like a lot of people do. It's, it's really funny how people shit on the electoral college when it's not working in their favor, but when it is working in their favor, they love it. You ever notice that, Corey? Yeah. Yeah. No, the electoral college, uh, it forces presidential campaigns into the flyover states like North Dakota and Alaska and the random states that like you don't even that you probably haven't even heard, especially if you don't live in America. Yeah, basically that you haven't even heard anyone talk about in months. Basically, the Electoral College prevents New York City, LA County, Chicago, and Houston from deciding who the president is. Yeah. It, it stopped it's, it, yeah, it, yeah. 
it mitigates it. It spreads it out a little bit. Yeah. So that he, like he also he responded what, you with you could go to campaign just in California and get what is it uh thirty six or forty nine? I think Florida's forty nine. I forget how many electoral votes California is. I think Michigan's like eighteen or eighteen or twenty seven or thirty. It's somewhere in the nines. But uh, yeah, you could literally, if it was just based on popular vote, you could just go to four different places. And then the rest of the whole country just doesn't really have a say because they can all vote because like LA County alone is 16 million people. And that's like the equivalent of like six states <laughs> in their population. Well, that's the but other thing you, too you, is like- You divvy it up to the electoral colleges that someone can hop around in all of those six states. And if they get all of them, it negates one state's. Right, right. And and that's the other thing, too, is like the, the one person, one vote argument is like the Electoral College only applies to the president, in the presidential, presidential yeah, election. Only in the presidential Every election. Every other election is a direct democracy, one person, one vote. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's, it's only the president of the United States. And, and it's still one person, one vote, essentially. It's just when the votes are tallied up in that state, whatever side got the most votes, they get the electoral college votes yeah it it makes sense it's a system it just it it forces presidents to kind of go to more states and and because and then because the uh, the other opposite of that is if we get rid of that and then it is just new york and california and you know houston and chicago deciding all the votes people that live there have no fucking idea what it's like to live in nebraska and try to just take care of thousands and thousands of acres of corn and they're not even going to have any reason to even listen to that person that has all that corn because the vote isn't there. Corn's yeah, not it, voting for them. The, 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 small, the small people are not represented, at least at least in a national election. And, and, that's, and that's just it. I think gerrymandering is a bigger issue. I think there are definitely bigger – people like to point to the Electoral College because it's really easy when you lose – to point to the electoral college because well, yeah a lot of times what it is is because democrats are so shitty at campaigning that they always have the lack in of the popular vote yeah because they go to all the cities but exactly then they lose right. the electoral college that's exactly right but when they win the electoral college it's fine and nobody talks about it you yet. didn't hear any you didn't hear any electoral college talk when biden won Tr- trust me it, it's it's a lot like authoritarianism right like authoritarianism is great when it's your side that's the authoritarian, mm-hmm. right? It's when yeah. when when you like when you like that authority figure. But what happens when the other side gets in yeah. power? Yeah, people you were still all like, you still like when it. Trump was putting in authoritarian issues, but now when Biden does it, they're freaking out. And it's like, well, your guy kind of set a precedence for a couple of these things. So <laughs> let's let's have some restraint. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh Corey, did you have anything else? Um no, other than I guess next week we're going to talk about Gary Peters, one of our senators here from Michigan, and now he's actually one of the people that's basically blocking the Stock Act, which means it's going to stop uh, American politicians from trading stocks. It's a Democrat, by and, the way, for those who don't know. Gary Peters is a Democrat from Michigan. Yep. And then uh, Biden and his long-range missiles and bombs that he's just talking about sending over. And then that was all I actually have left on here. So we can just talk about those next week. So tune in next week. We're going to talk about Biden's bombs and how Gary Peters is trash <laughs> live at 730 on Thursday, uh, which actually is going to be a bit of a trip because I'm actually going to be recording at 430 
Oh yeah, Oregon. that's right. You're gonna be out of town. Uh, well, let's give a quick shout out. Give a, give a quick shout out to Double Tap, uh, Aubrey, uh, Bright Eyes, and for uh, all of our other uh, commenters for uh, for engaging with us. We appreciate that. Please tell your yeah, friends. Yeah, our boy please, Andrew. Uh, please review the show. Called you out because you were talking shit about my. Uh, hmm? what you I were mean? talking shit about my grammar, <laughs> and then Andrew goes. And you make fun of him for his lack of sports knowledge. And all it was, like, I think I'm pretty good at knowing sports. It was only when the fucking baseball hits the wall if it's out. Hey, hey, that's just the jock in me, man. That's the jerk jock in me. That's that muscle man. Dude, that's the high school. That muscle man, toxic masculinity muscle. Yeah, it's the high school quarterback in me. I I did not play quarterback in high school. (laughs) Dude, you know what's really funny? So I just downloaded NHL 22 and I've been playing it. And you know what I made my fucking name on there? Because I knew what people would be, think it's funny and like not funny and like good, but they'd be like, who the fuck is this guy? I made it class of 1994 champs. <laughs> so fucking dumb. But you know, people are looking at that and go, well, this guy's an idiot living in the past. This guy's trying to relive his six years old. <laughs> <laughs> in 1994 i don't know i just got a real good chat out of that yeah thank uh thanks for joining the show quick uh make sure to subscribe follow and share we do this every thursday and we have a po- and if you miss it we have a podcast that comes out and let me uh do that real quick thanks for coming and hanging out and enjoying the show uh, make sure to like follow share and subscribe we're found on all your social media and podcast platforms you can find us on facebook at libservative you can find us on twitch or on twitter twitch and instagram at libservative pod Actually, we might be on Twitch at Libservative. I need to write. I just need to have a piece yeah, of paper. Yeah, you got to right just write it down. With all this shit written down. You can hit us up on our email at libservativepod at gmail.com. You can find our transcripts or our monologues at libservativepodcast.wordpress.com. Aubrey, you're going to go in there and probably see all my grammar errors and <laughs> fucking have an aneurysm. Um, <laughs> um, you can reach, I think, yeah, you can reach us directly at Libservative. Uh, we're on TikTok at Libservative Podcast. What I have a Twitter at Libservative Pod. I think I, I hit all the marks, right? If I remove this banner, they're down at the bottom and I can just go off the list. And that's typically what I do. Check marks. Yeah. You got WordPress. Libservative Podcast at WordPress.com. Twitch, Libservative Pod. YouTube, Libservative Pod. <laughs> <laughs> just search Libservative. You'll find it. Uh, yeah, we're all over the place. You'll find us. He's been Corey Walsh. He has been Dan Griffin. Until next time, we're out of here. We the people cannot stand that.